and thank you so much for tuning in to Shelter in Peace. We are broadcasting live from our studios here in Roswell, Georgia, here on AM 1160 The Quest, your Catholic radio station here in Atlanta. I'm Mari Cleveland, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ann Satilli. Good morning. It's a little chilly this morning. It is cold. I don't know what happened to that nice, beautiful weather we had. It It'll is- be back. Hopefully, yes. We, we live in hope. That's what we're going to be talking about today even, right? And of course, we've got our lovely producer, Annie Porter. Good morning, Annie. Good morning, Chili. I would say it's frigid. Um, <laughs> yes, frigid. Very much so. I know. We in the South, I was yeah. like, yesterday, I was like, I'm so freezing. And I looked at my phone, and it was 40 degrees. I thought, oh, gosh, that's really not so cold for most of the country. No. But. And I was just saying to Anne, I was like, watch, we'll be like 70 degrees at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I'll take it. I'll take it, too. I'll take it, too. Exactly. I grew up on Guam. We always had warm Christmases. We always were happy we could ride our bikes on Christmas Day if we got a bike. Yeah, that type of thing was so funny. Yeah. Everybody has their own image of what Christmas looks like. Right. And that's essentially, you know, as we as we already are talking about Christmas, because right now we're in the Advent, we're in Advent and we're in joyful hope for the coming of our Savior who's co- who comes at Christmas. But there's a lot more about it than just that. So um, just briefly, that is our overall topic actually for the next four weeks, because we are right now entering into we're in the first week of Advent, which, of course, lasts for four weeks on our, on our liturgical calendar. And we are waiting in joyful hope for the coming of our Savior, which Anne and I laugh. That is um, one of our favorite par- prayers. That's actually from the embolism that used to be said right after the Our Father. The priest used to say all oh, that one beautiful prayer, and that ended with that. And that's what we're doing now. Right. And, and Mari and I, I decided we wanted to go back to that, but we're not yes. in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yes. No, we are not in charge. We surrender. We do. Oh, so speaking of surrendering, we do surrender um, everything to the Lord. And so, Anne, would you go ahead and open us in prayer, which is what we always like to do as we start our our show together. Right. And this is going to come from the Canticle of Tobit and from um, the Responsorial Psalm that we had the first uh, Sunday of Advent, which is Psalm 80. So we begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed be God who lives forever because his kingdom lasts for all ages. Exalt him before every living being because he is the Lord, our God, our Father, and our God forever. When you turn back to him with all your heart to do what is right before him, then he will turn back to you and no longer hide his face from you. And our response is, Lord, Make us turn to you, let us see your face, and we shall be saved. O shepherd of Israel, hearken from your throne upon the cherubim, shine forth, rouse your power, and come to save us. Lord, Lord, make make us us turn turn to you, let us see your face, and and we shall be saved. Once again, O Lord of hosts, look down from heaven and see, take care of this vine and protect what your right hand has planted, the Son of Man, whom you yourself made strong. Lord, make us turn to you, let us see your face, and we shall be saved. May your help be with the man of your right hand, with the Son of Man, whom you yourself made strong. Then we will no more withdraw from you. Give us new life, and we will call upon your name. Lord, Lord, make us turn to you, let us see your face, and we shall be saved. We shall be saved. So, Lord, we do ask that you um, you call us forth during this hour to turn towards you in hope and in peace and in love. 
in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Those words are so beautiful. They're so beautiful and there's so much um, there's so much packed into there and so much of that is us recognizing that we need to be turning our face to him. Um, our, we have turned away from him in so many ways and we want to turn to him. So as I said, our theme actually for the next four weeks is waiting in joyful hope for the coming of our Savior. But what do we do while we're waiting? And so each week we have a one word theme for for each of our weeks and we actually have a different guest for each week so we have our surprise guest we'll, sh- we'll sh- introduce her to you um in a, just a, a few minutes but our week for our word for this week is watch and those were the words in both isaiah and um, the words that jesus spoke in the gospel of mark in our first sunday of advent week two which will be next week is the word prepare, and that's where John the Baptist, right? He was preparing the way of the Lord. And we have Father Matt Dalrymple um, from Dahlonega who's going to be coming and and being with us. And then week three is rejoice, and that's, of course, Gaudate Sunday. And we have Father Tim Hepburn who's coming to um, be with us and from Gainesville. And then week four is going to be proclaim, which is really around Mary and her Magnificat. So that's the fourth Sunday um, in Advent and the fourth week of Advent. And Father Dan Ketter um, from the Archdiocese is going to be coming to speak with us during that time. So just We're very blessed. We are very blessed. So we just want to let you know, we don't typically tell you ahead of time who all is coming, but so you want to join and tune in for the next several weeks. It was, it's nice of the church to plan that out for us. <laughs> <laughs> they are very thoughtful that way, right? Yes, that's wonderful. So Advent, we're talking about Advent. And it is this uh, this time of waiting. It's 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 it obviously is the beginning of our church year. It's this liturgical season, beginning of our church year. But it is this time of preparation. And what are we preparing for? We're preparing for Jesus to come. We're preparing for um, him to come, and he comes in several ways. We'll get into that in just a few minutes. But the Catechism actually shares with us about um, the liturgy of Advent, and it talks about that when we celebrate as a church this liturgy each year. Um, the church makes uh, makes this ancient expectancy of the Messiah. Um, for by sharing in the long preparation of the save for the Savior's first coming, the faithful renewal their ardent desire for His second coming, and that's from the Catechism five twenty four. And essentially, we are uniting ourselves to um, the desire that John the Baptist says when he says, "He must increase, but I must decrease." Yeah. So, Anne, you want to talk to us a bit more about Advent? Right. So, um, so if we if we break down the uh, what we are preparing for during Advent, the purpose is to prepare in different ways to receive Christ. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, we're preparing for to celebrate the birth. Um, you know, just like preparing for any birthday in your family, it's 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 exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, to to celebrate that life is is special. But this it is even more special to celebrate the birth of Jesus because Emmanuel, God is with us. Mm. God came in to our world to uh to you know take on our sufferings and our joys and and to save us so that that's the first thing we're preparing for and i think that's the most obvious mm-hmm. but the but the other two things that we that we need to focus on are um the second coming mm-hmm. you know uh, jesus promised that he that he will come again he mm-hmm. will return again and we need to be watchful we're going to talk about that today yeah. um and preparing for that for that second coming but um but god is outside of time so the third 
thing that we focus on during Advent is that that Jesus is always present mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of our life always is to journey towards him, to be more in his likeness, um, and to prepare for our own second coming when we meet Jesus face to face at the end of our lives. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so we have a lot of things to focus on and work on uh, during this time of, of Advent. Right. Yeah. And some people say, you know, it's almost like a mini, mini Lent Advent. It's almost like a mini Lent. There is the, that flavor of the penitential season. You've got the, the purple um, that we see on the altar and we, the priests are wearing. And so we've got this, this time of where we're supposed to be stopping and reflecting. And isn't it interesting? I was thinking about this yesterday as we were starting to, to um, do more preparation for today. I was thinking about at the beginning of this pandemic, when it started, we were in Lent Right. When it first started. The longest Lent ever. Exactly. That's what we say, the longest Lent mm-hmm. ever. And now we're starting to see some light, just like what's happening right now. We're starting to see some light, but things are still kind of dark and they're still kind of difficult. So we're now in Lent, a mini Lent again. You know, we're at the Advent. The days are getting longer and dark, or shorter and darker. And we then are looking forward and toward the light, the light of the world who comes. Right. And there's no mistaking God knew what was going mm-hmm. to be happening in our world right. during this time and that that he has it all arranged for us and that we have these scriptures that mm-hmm. are, you know, talking about the Messiah coming and, and yeah. healing. We're yes. going to we're going to hear a lot of scripture about um, Jesus healings yes. in the next couple of weeks. Exactly. And, and miracles. Right. Yeah. And miracles. And, and those things are happening here and now mm-hmm. um, as well as at the beginning of time. And right. When he comes again. Yeah. And he's slowing us down again. Again, right. Mm-hmm. He's slowing us down again. You know, you are hearing about more people who are um, kind of starting close back down a little bit and, and not get out as much as the as the colder season comes together. And so we are a lot of people at the beginning of the pandemic said, you know, what? it's in some ways there was a blessing to that because it made me slow down and really look at my agenda and see where God want me to spend my time. And that's essentially what we're supposed to be doing right now as well. Right. And right? looking at that as a gift, mm-hmm. not as a burden. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that part of this is that that threefold coming, you know, our God that you just mentioned, the three different ways that we're to look at Advent, our God was, and he is, and he is to come. Mm-hmm. And um, what's interesting, one of the things that really struck me as well is um and what's so funny, it's actually the reading for today, but I'm not sure where God in all my reading prepared it. And then I read it again this morning. He does that so beautifully. But the people of Israel, they also were waiting, right? And Isaiah, which is a lot of the scripture we're going to be reading during this time is from Isaiah. And Isaiah is a lot of messianic prophecy that mm-hmm. happens in Isaiah. So beautiful. But they were waiting. The The Jewish people were waiting. For a very long time. For a very, I mean, very long time. We get impatient waiting, mm-hmm. you know, in a line mm-hmm. for something. You mm-hmm. know, they waited years and years and years and, and suffered in so many ways. Yes. And they, we're still hopeful. Yeah. And, we, and that's what this time is. It's supposed to be a time of where we are hopeful. But what was interesting is when um, in Isaiah 25, which is our scripture for today, 25, 7 through 9, Um, Isaiah writes, on this mountain, he will destroy the veil that veils all peoples, the web that is woven over all nations. He will destroy death forever. The Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces. The reproach of his people he will remove from the whole earth, for the Lord has spoken. And on this day, it will be said, indeed, this is our God. We look to him and he saved us. 
This is the Lord to whom we looked. Let us rejoice and be glad that he has saved us. So that's true for us. And what's interesting is as we hear those words, you know, he is going to destroy the veil. He already did destroy the veil. We know that at the death of Christ, the veil that, that separated the people from the Holy of Holies was torn from the top to the bottom. The web that was woven over all nations, all nations were invited in to have relationship with him. He destroyed death. All this did happen. All that was prophesied in Isaiah did happen. Um, and God continues to promise this, that he's going to wipe away the tears, that he is going to um, continue to save us. He has saved us. He's going to continue to save us. So there should be this joyful anticipation, right? Right. Um, what's interesting, though, is that even though there's joyful anticipation later on in Isaiah, which was actually in the first reading from um, the, the Sunday of, of Advent, what happened is later on in Isaiah 63 is even though there was this promise and there was this hope, sometimes we forget about it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in the waiting, we start to lose our watchfulness. Right. We start to lose our alertness. We start to lose our hope. And instead we start to wander away. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that we are um, encouraged right now is to think about where is it that maybe God really needs to do a new work in our, each of our hearts and each of our lives because are there ways that we've wandered away? And so this is from from Isaiah from the first. You you may recognize this, dear listeners, from our first reading um, from the uh, from like this past Sunday when it says, "Why do you let us wander, O Lord, and harden our hearts so that we don't so we fear you not?" And there is none who calls upon your name. There is none who rouses himself to cling to you. For you have hidden your face from us and we and have delivered us up to our guilt. Would that you meet us doing right, that we were mindful of you in our ways. And I think that's so convicting to us, right, that we are wandering. Some of us have maybe wandered a bit farther. We've allowed ourselves to take our minds and our eyes off Jesus, um, that our hearts are kind of hardened. We're not as malleable. We're not as pliable as we need to be to allow him to circumcise our hearts and to renew us, um, that we don't fear him as much as maybe we should. And that's what happened with the Israelites. And I think sometimes that happens with us. And this is such a beautiful time during Advent for us to say, okay, God, are there places, are there places where in our current situation where maybe I've wandered away from God, where I'm not um, calling upon his name where I'm not clinging to him as, as much as I need to. And so that's why this first week we're talking about watch, watch because as a watchman there's a lot that goes into that and we're going to talk about that in just just a second as well um but and you were going to talk about that too yeah, yeah so um the other thing that we're reading in the scriptures um is about being childlike yeah and and christmas is a time for for children and to um and to become childlike and to have that vulnerability and that acceptance of 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 god and the savior in that way because even if we wander we can always come back to him that's mm -hmm. the good news mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um this past weekend was my little godson's third birthday oh. and um, my children and their um uh, my son and daughter and their boyfriend and girlfriend and my mom, we all uh, piled in the car and put together a picnic and brought all the gifts. And um, we we drove out to their house to celebrate. Um, and uh, he has an older brother and a younger brother. Uh, so there's five, three, one. 
And, um, and as we pulled up to the, to the house, um, we saw their little faces on the glass door, you know, their little <laughs> hands pressed up against the door and their little faces. And they were just filled with joy and excitement. They were watching and watching mm. and waiting and waiting for us to come. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we pulled in the driveway, they ran out the door and, you know, they rejoiced with their whole bodies. You know, they yeah. threw their hands up in the air and they were yelling and they were just so excited and happy. And um, I could see inside in the background, mom and dad scurrying around, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get ready for us to come and you know getting out the tablecloth and the napkins and all the things um and i thought this this really this is what Advent is all about this is what the lord is asking of us Mm -hmm. that we press our little you know faces up to the glass and we just look and watch and wait and not be distracted by all those other things yeah and i love that image because i love that that joyful anticipation Mm -hmm. right and that's what we're supposed to be doing we're supposed to be waiting with joyful anticipation and it's so funny because you and i both had images and my image of course instead of a a sweet little three-year-old my image was of our 60 pound dog (laughs) because it was the image of our dog who can jump up and stand there she stands with her little paws on the glass at the door it leading from the kitchen into the garage and she stands there with just this watchful anticipation and that same image hit me this week because my son was home from college and he is her favorite he she loves him um, so much and what's interesting is it really struck me the scripture that we just read where it talked about clinging to god she clings she clings so she is not to be deterred She's not distracted. She does not quit. She will stay there as long as she needs to until he actually walks through that door. And then when he's in the house, she's following after him and she's clinging to him. And if he's not available, she's got one of his shirts and she's carrying it around or she's got her head laying on one of his shoes. And it was just such to me, such a beautiful image of are we clinging to God that way? Mm -hmm. Are we clinging to those things he's given us, his word, his truth? Um, his sacraments, you know, that we're single-minded and we are focused and we're saying, we're not going to let you out of our sight, Mm -hmm. right? And that's how she was. She's watching for my son. She's not going to let him out of her sight. And she's single-minded in her determination and her focus. She's not distracted. Um, And so it's, it's interesting if you look at those words from, you know, from Mark 13 that we, that we read um, when it talked about, um, that was the gospel reading and it, and Jesus was telling his disciples, you know, he told them, um, be watchful, be alert because you don't know when the time will come. And he talks about how a man travels abroad and he placed his servants in charge, each with their own work and the orders to be um, on watch. If you look at the words for watch in scripture, um, that comes from a Greek word, and it's not just staying awake and not falling asleep, but it really means that constant vigilance and guarding against any um, confusion, guarding against any deception, guarding against any spiritual danger. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's part of it for us right now. When we're watching and waiting for God, are we recognizing we need to be watchful and be careful of any of the deceptions that we're facing, any of the distractions that we're allowing us to take our time um, and instead cling. And And Jesus says in that parable, he talks about each of us have to do our own work. Well, what is our work? And if you, once again, if you look, it's so cool. If you look up um, the word and the way the words are defined and where else they're used in scripture, when Jesus used that, uses that word work, He's also using the same word that's used in the scripture when it talks about that we are each one of us 
to let our light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Mm -hmm. So our good work is whatever God's given us to do that would glorify him. So as we watch, we're also doing his work. And I just thought that was fascinating to think about if we're focused on those two things, how important that is. Um, But we are facing some things that kind of tear us away, don't we? Well, there are so many distractions and um, in in years past when we were running around and everyone was at work and shopping and Mm -hmm. doing all those things to prepare for Christmas, it's not quite the same now. Mm -hmm. Um, We're more distracted, I think, um, by by our loneliness, maybe, Mm -hmm. or by our, you know, being cut off from our family and friends and how are the holidays going to look different and all. And we could really go into a downward spiral if Mm -hmm. we if we let those things distract us from focusing on the hope and the joy Mm -hmm. Um, The one of the last lines in scripture from uh, from Sunday, uh, I think really, really is the focus. Um, Oh, Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the work of your hands. Mm-hmm. And that comes from Isaiah as well. You know, the the key here to watching and those good works and glorifying God is surrender. It is. Mm-hmm. And that it, it sounds simple, but it, it's really not. And it, we do have to work at that. Yeah. And we have this time to do that and to prepare. You know, and I think that part of for us surrender sometimes means um, giving everything up and we're worried about what's going to happen. But if we realize that our God is a loving God, he loves us so much. Surrendering means just letting ourselves uh, fall into the the grace of who he is and into right. his, his loving arms and that he's got great plans for us. And so we've got a guest. We want to go ahead and introduce her to you because, um, we have today with us Martha Hall, and in a second, Anne, I'm going to ask you to tell more about her. Okay. But I think what's beautiful to think about it is Martha's really here to take us deeper into this concept of being watchful, being alert, because there's a deeper truth that God has always been most interested in our hearts. It's really about our hearts, and He wants to circumcise our hearts. He wants to mold us in like clay, like mm-hmm. you just said from Isaiah. He wants to renew our minds. He wants to transform us. But in order to do that, we do need to surrender. Like you just said, Anne, we need to offer um, that gift of docility that the Holy Spirit gives us, and we need to allow that gift to fill us and guide us to do His will, to surrender to His will. And so Martha has some beautiful examples of how God um, has continued to help her become more watchful, to see with her eyes. And so, dear listeners, we really hope that Martha's stories are going to inspire you to watch in new ways the things that God wants to show you. So, Anne, would you tell our listeners more about Martha? Right. Well, and Martha certainly has quite a resume. Uh, And I think number one for me is that she is my dear, dear friend. She's an amazing friend and just a true uh, woman of God. But um, Martha has been molded and shaped uh, over the years. Uh, she has four children. Um, that'll that'll sure whip you into shape. Uh, and 10 grandchildren at this point, beautiful grandchildren. Um, Martha has done a variety of things over her life, all Catholic focused. Uh, she was a teacher at St. Pius for many years, um, worked for Mustard Seed. Uh, she has a, um, a degree from Loyola University in religious education. Um, she's also a certified spiritual director um, through Spring Hill. 
And uh, she worked for uh, Catholic Relief Services for 11 years. Um, but I know Martha through uh, the Steubenville Atlanta Conference, which she directed for 15 years and um, and then turned that over to me a couple years ago. We actually took a pilgrimage um, to Italy. Martha um, consecrated the conference years ago to Padre Pio. And uh, when we realized that I was going to be her successor. She said, hey, Anne, let's go to Italy and um, I'll hand this over to you in front of Padre Pio. Oh, how and um, I laughed and then I realized she was serious. <laughs> so we, <laughs> so we got on a plane and we went to Italy and she literally laid hands on me and prayed um, over me in front of Padre Pio. Uh, that whole uh, Elijah, Alicia moment was was quite something. Uh, and then after she prayed, I said, okay, are you going you gonna to give me some information and tell me all about the conference how do I run this thing and she said oh no I'm done <laughs> that's awesome well, that's work <laughs> well Martha we are so glad that you are with us and we've actually got about three minutes before we head to our break so we're only going to have time for you to just briefly share a little bit about your background as a teaser to our listeners before we head to break so can you share a little bit about the ways that God began to really encourage you to watch and see through his eyes even as a teenager well uh, most of my work um, just about all my life has involved young people, and I think God allowed me to see the power of that because I was actually raised Methodist, mm. and I can remember very clearly, and it was on Easter night, I was asked to read this thing, basically saying that God had died for me. Mm. And I can remember very clearly experiencing the power of of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father and His love. And knowing at the age of 15 that Jesus died for me mm. and falling in love with Jesus. And as people, <laughs> Anne knows this very well, as people that know me that have worked with young people for all my life, I have never in all my lives of ministry, and I'm old, so I've had a lot, <laughs> um, never in all my life have I ever seen anything that is better than watching a teenager fall in love with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a matter they can give their whole lives to him mm -hmm. and to look at that it just does not get any better from that. And so the Lord allowed that in my life mm. in the Methodist church in the midst of um, living in Montgomery, Alabama. Mm. And so I think um I went to the church where George Wallace went to mm. and saw things up close and personal, and part of that was what led me to be Catholic. Mm. That's beautiful. That's mm. beautiful. So, listeners, that is just a, t a very quick... Uh, <laughs> tip uh, of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg, right, exactly. A little bit of a snippet of, of Martha, and we're so excited for you to come back and be with us in uh, just a few minutes, and she's going to share more of her amazing story and it's such a blessing that God revealed himself to her at such a young age and then what she did with it and I think that's part of a beautiful idea for each and every one of us is that you know God wants to reveal himself to us and then he wants us to go forth and use the gifts that he's given us so we're going to hear more about that from Martha in just a few minutes stay tuned you are here listening to us on shelter in peace Hi, I'm Jim Crone from St. Joseph's in Marietta, Georgia. You're listening to Atlanta Catholic Radio, AM 1160 The Quest. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Did you know there are many men and women who are providing for their families through work in an abortion clinic? The money is good and people often get trapped there. 
And Then There Were None is a registered nonprofit organization that exists to help abortion clinic workers leave the abortion industry. This ministry is providing the means for abortion workers to safely transition out of the industry and into a life of freedom, with immense support and without fear of exploitation. Abortion workers have been able to confidently get free help through a variety of resources available through this ministry. This is a game changer in the battle for life. To help abortion workers leave the industry, visit abortionworker.com for more information. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. Listening to AM 1160 The Quest at home just got easier. Join The Quest with Alexa. Search for us on the Alexa app or say, Alexa, enable the Quest skill. After enabling the skill, simply say, Alexa, open the Quest. Now joining the Quest. Welcome back to Shelter and Peace here on AM 1160, the Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio station. And we are here with our guest, Martha Hall. And if you were listening right before the break, we had a wonderful teaser. Martha shared with us how God touched her at a young age. At the age of 15 in the Methodist Church, God made himself very real to her. And um, Martha was just the beginning of a story that we know just blossomed into just beautiful, um, beautiful work for many years. So we'd love to hear more. Uh, One of the things that I remember, and honestly, this did not come together for me until I was in my 50s in terms of being able to reflect and to look back as to what God had done Mm -hmm. and how he had created me at that very early age to not only fall in love with Jesus and to be comfortable using that, but to start to look at the culture around me Mm -hmm. that I was living in the 60s in Montgomery, Alabama. And the church was very much a powerful church in bringing Christ. But God started teaching me about to look at the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I didn't recognize it at the time of what do, what's the difference of looking at church versus kingdom? Mm. And it really has broadened my horizons in so many ways. And for me, I can remember being a part of this church where our church was being picketed because George Wallace went there. And I remember acting, asking my pastor, um, why is this happening? And he said, oh, it's just people creating trouble, honey. Don't worry your little sweet head about that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, fine. And then I went to college, and my pastor in college was leading the faction for integration. Mm -hmm. And my pastor from home was leading the faction in the Methodist Church for segregation. Oh, wow. What I observed in watching the Selma Montgomery March and a lot of other things, my father was... um, the commander of the National Guard unit mm. in Montgomery. So he was federalized during mm. this march. Wow. 
And I can remember seeing it and seeing on the front lines Catholic priests with the collar. And then when I got to college, I started dating someone that was Catholic. And I was really searching for that in a lot of ways, of really wanting to know where God wanted me to be. And it wasn't an easy path. It was very crooked in, in terms of that. But the bottom line is that I didn't recognize till I was in my 50s that it was really a social issue of integration and segregation that brought me to the Catholic mm, Church. Wow. And because so much of my heart is, like with Steubenville, very evangelical, mm -hmm. you know, and to be able to do that makes such a difference. But the Lord was showing me that his kingdom is so much bigger, so much broader, and so much more wonderful. Mm. And to see things, to watch things, through his eyes, through learning through scripture, learning through the traditions of the church and the sacramental life, but to bring that to life mm -hmm. and to have that personal relationship with me that I know to the very depth of my being, no matter what happens, I am loved. Mm -hmm. And for me, that is what Advent is all about, is this new awareness of ways that don't look right, mm -hmm. Why would you, you know, send the Messiah to be in a manger? Mm -hmm. um, but things that don't look right are oftentimes kingdom mindset. Yeah. So what didn't look right, what I knew in my heart that segregation was not a kingdom mindset, mm -hmm. how did I take that and live out my life in such a way that brought greater um, kingdom love mm -hmm. and light mm -hmm. into my life and to those that I minister to. Mm, that's beautiful. So, yeah, God God likes to turn things upside down, doesn't he? He does. He doesn't write very straight lines. <laughs> um, and one of the things that I've come to recognize that if you have a lot of giftedness in the Lord of the Holy Spirit and you're you're operating in the gifts, that you do have to have a kingdom mindset mm. or you do will think you're going a little crazy mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but that's the adventure of it yeah it that's the excitement of staying in love falling mm -hmm. in love being called and struggling with the lord um to allow ourselves to be able to see that he's bringing us new life it's not just the new life in christ that he brings to us at Christmas. It's the new life in ourselves. Right, yeah. That new birth within ourselves, that it's not even a renewing, um, because that makes it look like he just does the same thing over and over, and it mm -hmm. looks a little different. But when Christ is really birthed in your heart over and over and over again, it looks so different. Mm -hmm. And as you age, it looks a lot different. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure like a lot of our listeners have been on retreat, and the first thing you always say is, who are you, is kind of the first talk of a retreat. Well, who I was as a teenager and raising, and then who I was as a mother, who I am as a grandmother, and all that goes with that is entirely different. Yeah. So he's constantly giving new birth mm. to myself. That's gorgeous. Um, and it, I look at it as... It's a two-way street. He's so excited mm -hmm. to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. And when I don't allow him to do this, 
it really is, I would think it causes sadness mm. on our part, not being open for that. Yeah. One of the things that just struck me as you were talking about this is when you were using the word watch was you're saying watch around you, like mm-hmm. watch for the kingdom, but you're also saying watch your own life. Like you said, you looked back in your 50s and you watched what he mm-hmm. had done in your life. And Absolutely. so, you know, listeners, that's the other thing during this time of Advent, this reflection time, watch your own life, watch back. Because your see. vision changes over yeah. time, like based on your circumstances. Literally, all of us are wearing glasses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your for, vision yeah. does change. Except at, for young at about Annie. 40, it's not a midlife crisis. It's a, a midlife, oh my gosh, what has happened? <laughs> you know, because there's... there's um, Having a two-year-old have a tantrum, um, you, you're not in control. Yep. You learn that early on, but at the same time, when you're my age and reflecting, it, it's exciting to be able to see um, all the things that God has done for you in spite of you. Yeah, It's also saddening to see all the ways that I didn't allow the Lord mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. and I think you know, in talking with some of my friends, um, there's that mixture of great joy Mm -hmm. and great sadness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily a regret. Um, And so I I think that has a lot to do with it. And but what it's allowed me to do is really start to look at things through his kingdom and not the American dream. Mm -hmm. I, I really did think for most of my life, up until I would say in my late 40s, I really did think God's kingdom and the American dream were the same. Mm, That they looked Um, alike. They -hmm. looked alike. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of similarities. But what God showed me in my 40s was that I really was living a secular life Mm. with a Christianizing. So the cake mm-hmm. was a secular life like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I wanted the house. I wanted the cars. I wanted the pretty family, you know, all that went with that. And mm-hmm. so much of my energy went into that. And the icing was, oh, yes, we're a good Catholic family. Mm-hmm. We go to church on Sunday, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But what was happening behind the scenes was still very secular. Mm-hmm. And while God was a part of it, he wasn't the center of it. Mm-hmm. And while he was very much strong in my life and used me immensely in a lot of different ministries over the years, I mean, it, he really showed me that his kingdom, his culture is not my American culture, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and I, that was very hard for me. And yeah. it still is hard for me because fish discover water last. So you don't recognize your culture. Mm-hmm. But when I started to really do the internal work, and I think that's this time of COVID has allowed mm-hmm. many of us to do, mm-hmm. um, it's gotten very messy for me. Mm-hmm. I will be perfectly honest and mm-hmm. reflecting on it. Um, lots of tears mm-hmm. of not necessarily regret, but just recognizing all the ways that I didn't allow Christ to be born mm-hmm. in my life over mm-hmm. and over again. You know, it, it, it sounds almost like that's a little bit of repentance, though, right? So maybe Absolutely. not regret, but right. repentance. And so right. God calls us to that because repentance then makes us want to turn and get cling closer to him, I guess, right? Yeah, for me, the repentance hasn't been so much, oh, my God, I've, I've offended you. I'm so sorry. There's that. But for me, the repentance is, I am so sorry that I didn't see you, Mm -hmm. hear you, Mm -hmm. 
in all of these parts of my life that I could have allowed your kingdom not mm-hmm. only in my life, mm-hmm. my family, my mm-hmm. ministries in a greater way. Um, so it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, and I really at all segments of my life thought I was doing pretty good <laughs> until I wasn't. <laughs> so, so Martha, though, um, you shared with us yesterday when we talked with you some to prepare um, just different ways that, that God revealed to you in a concrete way what his kingdom looks like. You know, you said it's it's not the the American dream, and that was awakened to you in in a particular way, uh, really through your um, your ministry with CRS over the years. Can you share with us um, some of some of those stories? I was very fortunate um, in my fifties to start working for Catholic Relief Services, and it was a part of the church that I had never worked in. I mean, I was more in what I would call the evangelical part, mm-hmm. and. Um, I had a lot of ministries that had a lot of fruit to it um, that was evolving around what I would say the evangelical. I was all about everybody knowing Jesus, mm-hmm. and, and I still am. Um, but what Catholic Relief Services did for me is it showed me not only the many faces of God, it showed me the many beauties of the Catholic Church. It helped me understand that I am not an American Catholic. I'm a Catholic who is an American. Mm. And the beauty and the universality of the church came alive for me. And the biggest part, and I, I remember my first aha, I had not been with CRS but a few months, and a, a trip opened up, which it usually doesn't when you first come on to CRS, but it, it did. And it took me to Ghana. And I had never been to Africa. I traveled quite a bit outside the U.S., but I had never been to Africa. So needless to say, I was excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't prepared. Um, even though I had been in developing countries over the years, mm-hmm. worked with mustard seed, definitely had seen the depth of poverty. In some ways, I wasn't. And so when we go into a church, um, I mean, when we go into uh, a diocese, Catholic Relief Services always works, uh, since we're under the USCCB, we always work under um, the local bishop. Mm -hmm. And the local bishop doesn't always have uh, Catholic Relief Services take care of Catholics. They take care of the poorest of the poor Mm -hmm. in the community. They truly love out the gospel message in ways that I don't, I had not experienced before. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, but I had not experienced to that depth. So we drive in Africa, poor to the poor, good hour and a half in vehicles over what my mother would call a pig trail. It was a wide place in the road. And all of a sudden we get there and I see a school and a water pump and a kind of a clinic thing. And the drums start beating, literally. And so I think I'm being almost punked. It was like somebody's movie, you know, because out of the bush comes all these hundreds and hundreds of people. Mm. And it was the school had a water pump there so that the girls could go to school because the girls couldn't go to school unless they got water. Mm. Uh, so the water pump's at the school. Genius. Then there's a clinic, and that was the day they were weighing the babies. Mm. And so they hang it up. They put a, like a jumpsuit on these little babies. It's it's so cute. But then they 
put a scale over a limb of a tree, and it looks pretty much like produce used to be weighed in the grocery a <laughs> long time ago. And they they kind of like hook the little uh, jumpsuit of the baby over, and they weigh the baby. And I will tell you, I was so amazed. There was a yellow thing that looked exactly like I had with all four of my kids for immunization. Oh, yeah, the immunization yeah. card. Yeah. yeah. So they were writing the weight of the baby. So. I was delighting in these cute little babies just <laughs> flailing in, under the trees. And all of a sudden, I said, so what happens if the baby hasn't gained weight? And they go, oh, well, we don't give them the food that they've come for. And I went, oh, that doesn't make sense. That's, you know, and again, a kingdom mindset. Yeah. Um, that doesn't make sense. And they said, oh, no, we go to their home. We see what's wrong with the baby. We see how she's boiling the water. We see how she's cooking the porridge. Mm. And um, then we make sure that the baby starts gaining weight. We journey with this mother and mm. this family mm. for this baby. Wow. We don't just hand off the food and let right. it go. We don't just hand mm. it off. There's a lot of teaching, a lot of community around it. And it wasn't CRS people doing that part. Mm -hmm. It was people that were closest to the problem, mm -hmm. subsidiary kind mm -hmm. of thing. So... Then they start beating the drums again, and all of these older men and all the other people come, and there's this crazy tent and makeshift tent. And um, I, I, I can't tell this. I don't want to be disrespectful at all. But I, So you have to go, and the, the elders of the uh, tribe were lined up. So you have to go kind of bow and, and pay homage. So there's a guy standing behind the chief with an umbrella. Uh-huh. And I look up at the umbrella, and it's a Barbie umbrella. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I'm supposed to pay homage, and I'm trying so hard not to die laughing, you know. And then my arrogant mindset kicks in. I'm going, this guy thinks he is so great. Look at him in the middle of nowhere with an, how in the Sam Hill did a Barbie umbrella get in the middle of uh, the bush of Africa, you know, and he thinks that's showing him. Homage. So I'm doing my judgmental kind of thing. And he said, oh, oh, okay. You know, and so it was like he thought I was just smiling at him. So then we start talking and in the message and the translation of it, the question was, what difference has it made since the Catholic community uh, of the U.S. Catholic Relief Services has come to your village? Without missing a beat, he said, our wives are no longer crying because our babies are dying. Oh, my gosh. And I realized in that moment, I had more in common mm -hmm, with right. this man mm -hmm, <laughs> across the world mm -hmm, from me, mm -hmm. a different faith. He was a traditionalist, anything else. And I looked at him, and I looked in his eyes, and when he was saying that, mm. his eyes were full of tears yeah. because his heart knew what it was like to lose babies to hunger. Yeah. Yeah. And God just showed me kingdom mindset of is much more than American dream. Mm. And what does that look like? Mm. And for me, it was, it was an aha moment, and it was like God had smacked me down, <laughs> and I... I really talk about repentance. I had to repent for my arrogant attitude, my seeing him as the other and not seeing him as a child of God. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was a huge 
transition for me. Mm. Right. So. Yeah. And you, I mean, you basically you saw not only did you see Jesus, mm-hmm. right, but you also saw you're also love. You're my brother. You're Absolutely. loved by Jesus, and you and I have the same heart, right. the same heart, the same hopes, the same fears, the same pains, mm-hmm. um, same sorrows. That's yeah. Yeah, and then one. we all made fools of ourselves trying to dance the way they dance. <laughs> it was beautiful. a great day. That's a great awesome. day. <laughs> that is beautiful. That's beautiful. So you had some other experiences, and I don't know which one you which ones you want to share. But um, at one point, I know there was something about musicians. You're talking about dancing. That was kind right. of neat. Uh, the other thing that I actually went back to Ghana a second time, um, OCP, which is a Catholic recording studio. We took some musicians because we know that. Uh, praise and worship was very important to me, and I feel like um, spreading the gospel of a kingdom mindset is very much through music. Mm. And so I was able to go, and again, we were in the very northern part of Ghana, and our um, host, which was Thomas Awiapo, which some Atlantans may know because he comes and speaks about Catholic Relief Services here in the community, uh, what he was able to do was to put together choirs. Mm. And... Um, as Cardinal Lorenzi says, Africans, uh, Americans worship with their mouth. Africans worship with their whole body. Mm. And I saw the commonality of praise and worship through music, just transforming hearts and people in a community that was extremely impoverished. Mm. But the joy that they had the way that they dressed up to come worship the Lord, mm. the way the instruments that they created and made themselves to make sure that God was worshipped mm-hmm. in their community, mm-hmm. um, and it was all Catholic choirs. It was kind of funny. It was like, this makes my day. Mm-hmm. This is another kingdom mindset that I think I know who what God's kingdom looks like. But again, no judgment mm-hmm. has to be a part of that kingdom. And I was pretty good at judging mm-hmm. and you, saying God's on my side in my judgment. Mm-hmm. So it it really brought me to my knees Yeah. in terms of that repentance again. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much anger, yelling and screaming. That's so important. But just an overall attitude that God was just convicting me of mm-hmm. in so many ways. Yeah, because when we talked about being watchful, we said one of the things we need to be watchful is that we're not deceived. So essentially right. you're telling us not to be deceived by seeing somebody as other and, exactly. and not see and seeing or seeing somebody as the enemy or whatever it is. I mean, there's so much divisiveness going on right now, even right. just within our country, but around the world where we are falling into that. And so your stories are just so beautiful and reminding us of we are one. We are one in Christ. Even if they're not Christian, we are still one. They, you know, everybody got the love of Jesus. the Lord is for all. It is right. for all. Yeah, it so. is for all. Yeah. Well, and and I think that you've given us a really good focus for this Advent, Martha. That we can focus on commonality and not differences. We can mm-hmm. focus on, like you said, Jesus is for all. Um, that more, we're more the same than we are different. We have mm-hmm. the same heart. Um, and, and I, and I, lo- and I love the way you talked about, um, journeying with mm-hmm. that, you know, coming outside of yourself and, and seeing from someone else's perspective that, that watching in a different way, um, and then being able to, to journey, to journey with, mm-hmm. um, 
it, it seems to me that we could be really watchful and mindful of the people that are around us in our own communities. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to just go to Africa. Exactly. Um, I, I, what an amazing experience. But um, during this time, we could look, who mm-hmm. are those people that we need to journey with? Mm-hmm. Who do we need to be mindful in our in our own families and our yeah. own communities during this time of Advent? Well, yeah. what it did was when I came back to the U.S., especially the first time I went into mustard seed when I came back, I saw things with different eyes. Mm-hmm. I was willing to embrace those that were different in a way that I had never done before. And for me, it was a kingdom mindset. And for me, being in a kingdom mindset means that there is great joy even when there's great difficulty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and there's kind of that flip side of it. Mm-hmm. And that this is a season of hope. This is a season of joy. So how do I become that joy? Yeah. How do I become that? Mm-hmm. And we can only do it by letting the love of God within us, the light of Christ be shown through us, and the power of the Holy Spirit, where we are just in front of everything with Him and seeing through His His life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say something just real quickly. When we read Isaiah about the coming of Mes- the Messiah. We are to be Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are to ask the Lord, help me be an Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Help me see you coming. Mm-hmm. Help me watch you coming in such a way. Mm-hmm. And there's all different kinds of the ways that the church gives us to do that. But the bottom line is that if you're not hearing Jesus, this is what I'm saying. If you're not hearing the Holy Spirit, then you're probably not hearing other people in your life Mm. and one of the things you can do is to say to your children your spouse your friends do you feel i hear you Mm -hmm. and then be ready to listen Mm -hmm. um because i have found when i don't hear the lord like isaiah i don't see the lord coming in a certain way it's because i'm not dealing with that on a personal level Mm -hmm. with other people that's a point um and I think that's very, very important for us to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. To to watch and to watch with others. With others, yeah. Right. I have um, two friends that I have journeyed with, been my prayer partners for forty years. You need to be on the wall watching with others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The watchmen are never right. by themselves. Not by yeah. yourself. That's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. It's very dangerous, mm-hmm. and you need to have others that will call you out. Mm-hmm. Um, and be there with you um, more than anything else. And if you don't have that, then ask God to send it to you. Right. In, in that. Yeah, that's great. It is. It's such a great visual. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're we're up there on the wall. We're watching. We're waiting. We are all of that. What we read in Isaiah, but we need to be together and doing that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Martha, this has been so beautiful, it and has. we would love to sit here and talk and listen to your stories more and more. And I think that one of the th- my prayers really is that our that each of us is able to hear your words and then be able to take them to what is it that God's trying to do in our, each of our own hearts mm-hmm. during this time of Advent. So, would you bless us by closing us in prayer? Sure, in the name of the Father, Amen. Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we come before you today. We ask that you just really show us your kingdom. Give us your kingdom mindset. Lord, as we put on the, the armor of God, that when we put on the, the armor, that we really allow our lives to reflect your light. Allow us to be comfortable with change, 
because we know we are you are dealing with us to make more like you just as we are clay to the potter we are being molded and remolded and just allow us to be very peaceful very kind to one another especially kind to ourselves during this season and just allowing your your love to just flow within us and flow out of us in all that we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you again thank so, you much, so much, Martha. my friend. <laughs> and thank you listeners for tuning in. We look forward to being with you again next week here on Shelter in Peace.